I'm going to make the case tomorrow for a wide receiver who will probably fall a little bit more in the category for his career of, of Daniel than, than a Baker. But there was a wide receiver during that stretch. If you guys get this with those few clues on the text line today, someone's walking away with the elusive ham sandwich made by me. But there was a wide receiver that fit every single thing as far as size-wise that you wanted in a receiver. Man, he went out and had some spring games. Doriel Green Beckham? Oh, did he disappear in the regular season? No. It's good guess, though. Did DGB ever play in a spring game? I don't know. I just seemed like a good day to bring his name up. The only thing I remember about Doriel Green Beckham is, was it Eddie or Kerry shooting from the, the bushes? <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing I remember about him. And that he got drafted. He got drafted by the Titans. Uh, anyway, we're talking a lot of spring game, the history of it. And I think more than anything, the question that comes from it before we hit the top five stories of the day is it's really up to you how much you want to put into it. But my opinion has been changed on the importance of it on two fronts. And I want to make this very clear. When I say my opinion has changed, Josh, that's not to say if you have a good spring game, you're going to have an incredible career. Let me make that very clear. But when else can you replicate this in practice? When else can you be out there in front of, I hope, 70,000 fans and getting that energy that you have from that fan base in a game-like situation, you just you can't replicate it in practice. And I don't really know, you know, outside of injury, if there's anyone that have that has kind of earned to say, I'm not playing in this spring game or I'm, I'm going to take this spring game off. You know, I, I'm not somebody that sits around and dogs Lincoln too much. But that was always one of his things. It's like, oh, you don't need to play in the spring game. Even though Baker Mayfield did play in every spring game when he was here, 14, 15, 16, and 17. But I don't know, dude. I, I like what it appears to be the Brent Venables model, which is, oh, you're going to play. We're going to play hard. And we're going to get as much out of this as we can. Because, again, when else can you simulate anything like this? You just can't whenever it comes to practice. So. I don't know why I'm blowing everything for the big story of the day <laughs> right here off the top, but let's get after it, shall we? Uh, we're live from Cavens Group on a Thursday, 405-573-3048, or at Cavens Group, however you consume social media. It's time for the top five stories of the day. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107. 14 different table games, including blackjack, three-card poker, ultimate Texas Hold'em. Online right now at newcastlecasino.com. Big story number five. Number five. All right. Um. We're heading down to Waco. I think the team is getting ready to leave as we speak for Sooner Softball. And, you know, you always – I always joke about learning something, you know, every year, every every time we, you know, step out in life, but also in softball. I'm always learning, right? It's it's like there's so much to still learn about this sport. There's so many nuances and fun fun angles. And then also – 
on the personality side of it. You never really kind of know, or you're, you're still learning about each team and how they approach things and kind of what their mantra and mindset is going to be. And I'd always been somebody that, oh, they're not going to, they're not going to talk too terribly much about revenge or anything of that nature, but it's definitely an Oklahoma team that has something to prove this weekend against Baylor. Here was uh, Coach Gasso on the show yesterday right here on The Ref. Maybe. Maybe. Wait for it. Oh, why is this not working now? It was just work. Oh. Adapter. You know what? I think you're a bazillion percent right, Josh. I think this is a me versus an adapter fight that probably needs to take place. Uh, let's see. About right now? Have you ever had anyone throw anything live on the air? Has that taken place before? You've or come have close. we been? I have come close before. I don't know how something can work so well while we're sitting here talking about it during a commercial. Then all of a sudden you come back and it doesn't. No Artie versus Sal moments, uh, just kind of plank versus equipment. The closest I've ever come to throwing anything on the air might have just happened. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It was it was a top five moment, and oh my gosh, he's going to throw that, isn't he? Let's see if it's even – is it even – well, hold on here. Let's hold off on our, on our blame game until we see if it's even playing through the computer. Okay, that's a good sign. Let's okay. see if this works here. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, man. What is it? Do you get these adapters off, like, brokendownadapter.com? What's going on? <laughs> here's, here's where you shop, Josh, in order to get these adapters. You go to plankischeap.com, and you find the cheapest adapter that you could possibly find, and then you hope beyond all hope that it actually works, and then <laughs> I, when it doesn't. I know. I know. We got to get – do I need to conjure up some funds to get you a, a good adapter? I don't think so. I think we'll. I think eventually we'll be okay. No, yeah. We've got uh, like we've got a never-ending supply of cash here for the uh, Plank Show Fund. Well, I know, and and see, I was going to use that in order to, I was going to use that in order to create the uh, Chris Plank Josh Helmer charity. It's called Bank of Plank. It's to help take care of those in need who have worked in radio their whole lives and are poor. Yes. Um, but Bank of Plank got shot down by the lawyers. Well, anyway, my point was on Coach Gasso. This team, I don't know, maybe I was a little bit surprised, Josh, but in a good way. They're not afraid to talk about, hey, you know, revenge. We've got something to prove here. They're going to go out on Friday and Saturday and Sunday, and their goal is to say, hey, whatever happened here on in February, we're a completely different team now. And you got to love that mindset. It's not obsessing over it. It's not getting angry. Uh, well, yeah, sure, you're getting angry about it. But it's also been in the back of your mind that, hey, this is looming and this is a wrong we need to right. How about this? Here, here was Coach. Uh, playing, Look we at like you. the word revenge. Okay. We take pride in our play. And if somebody beats us, we kind of – tip our hat, we go back to the drawing board, and we learn, and we find ways to get better. We definitely have done that. And to this team, it's like full circle. Okay, you saw us the second weekend. We didn't, we didn't, I mean, you guys played well. You flat out beat us. No excuses. But they're very anxious to come back kind of full circle and say, okay, now this is April, and this is who we are. And I think it's hard to beat us twice. 
And our team takes a lot of pride in the fact that you may beat us once, but it's really hard for you to beat us twice. I think they really feel that in, in a sense. And so there's nothing I have to do in motivating this weekend. I'm really excited about um, our approach and what we're going to bring. That's what I was trying to play. Look at you, Josh. It's like we're a team. It's like we've done this before. Um, I got to be honest. I love it. I love it. Baylor is, it's, Baylor's been a weird team to follow this season. And I don't mean that in any way negative. It's just, they'll have moments, for instance, after they beat Oklahoma, they went out and they lost to South Dakota State, whom we've seen this season and Oklahoma run ruled with relative ease. Then, you know, you kind of look at their schedule, and outside of that, they're rolling again, right? They're 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 cooking. They lose to Texas A and M. What is this? They lose to Long Beach State. Um, they they lost their series with Oklahoma State. Got swept in three games against Oklahoma State. They lost a game to Kansas, which, by the way, Kansas has been pretty good at getting a win here or there. And then they go and they sweep two games from Tennessee. Josh, make it make sense. And also, by the way, in that in that uh, weekend when they beat Tennessee, they had a game that they um, they had a game in which they beat Louisiana Lafayette, University of Louisiana, which is a really really good team. So, you know, they took two of three from Texas Tech, including a game that had twenty seven combined runs scored. They won that sixteen to eleven. Um, I don't know what to expect. I really don't. I think you'll see you're going to see a lot of Orm this weekend and they seem to like Riley Crandall a lot too their best player or at least one of their best players is hurt their starting shortstop is out for the season but they've still found a way to win a few games here so again this is a lot on softball and big story number five and understandably so but I am just fascinated by what kind of matchups we end up seeing this weekend well it's uh, obviously revenge city for Oklahoma and uh, I would expect to see a highly, highly motivated Sooner squad. But, uh, you know, Baylor's, for their track record, they've, they've shown that they could beat this team. That's the only team in America right now that's shown they can do that. But uh, I would expect Oklahoma to be very motivated and, and win this thing convincingly going away. But we shall see. Big story number four. Number four. All right, we're going to enter the final scores because I don't want to get too far behind. Then I'll have more audio coming up at the bottom of this hour. But you get a triple header tonight, Philly at Brooklyn, Series 2 zip in favor of the Sixers. That's at 6.39 o'clock. Kings and Golden State, Sacramento up 2 zip. No Draymond Green tonight. Uh, and then also later on NBA TV, Phoenix and the Clippers. Last night, you'll hear the trash talk from Dylan Brooks coming up at the bottom of this hour. The Grizzlies win to even up their series with the Lakers. The Bucks win to even up their series with the Heat. And the Nuggets up two games to none on the Timberwolves. Big story number three. Number three. A lot of buzz today, Josh, about a decision that Tua Tungvaloa said that he was on the verge of this offseason. And I'm not going to lie, I kind of thought this would be the end result. But Tua admitting that he mold retirement this offseason – 
And I got to admit, I again, something I scoffed at, the whole he needs to learn how to fall thing. I'm like, he's getting tackled by a 300-pound defensive tackle. But he taught, hey, listen, I've taken judo. I'm trying to learn how to fall. Makes sense. And it looks like he's in as good of health as he can be going into 23. But, man, I still worry about him, Josh. I still worry about him heading into this year. Yeah. If I'm a, and I like that team, too, a lot. What what did they call the syndrome again when his his hand was shaking like oh that? Oh my gosh, yes, that was terrible. It just kind of, uh, it just stuck. You know, it. There was a specific name for it. I can't think of what it was, but uh, you see that, and it, it just it scares the hell out of you. And then ob- obviously you've had with Tua recurring concussions, which is the scariest thing. One instance like that, as frightening as it is, okay, you could chalk it up to. It's it's one concussion. That's football. We know that it's a violent game. But once you start having this series of concussions, playing is uh, when you get really really concerned. And yeah, Tua would. I mean, he wouldn't be valuing his health if he didn't, on some level, mull retirement. Sounds like he's come to the mm. conclusion that he's going to keep playing. We'll see uh, for how long. One more, and man, I think that probably you do just value your health. You've made. I know you want to make more money, and it's about winning and the longevity. A piece of the puzzle, but man, you, you got to value your health too. So, if he has one more scare, given that he's already considered it, Plank, it wouldn't surprise me if and when that moment comes. If he doesn't hang it up, because obviously it's on the back of his mind somewhere. Fencing response is what it was yes. called. Yeah, and uh, let's see. There was another. There was another name for it, or at least in how it was more professionally described. Fencing response or decorded. Kate, posturing, two brain responses to trauma. So, posturing. Scary stuff, man. Scary stuff. But he says he's okay. Uh, now, uh, Allen Robinson, in kind of a low key big move, got traded yesterday to the Steelers. So, uh, that's pretty big time. And the odds are definitely shifting. It looks as if now it's almost even money for Bryce Young to be the top pick in the NFL draft. And there's rumors about teams being active and trying to get up to three with the belief that the Texans aren't going to take a quarterback at two. Oh, by the way, one other note on number two, Josh, there is buzz building that that second pick in the draft won't be Will Anderson, but maybe Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Big story, number two. Number two. Now, we know... We know it hasn't necessarily been the most rambunctious time in the portal for Oklahoma Sooner men's basketball. That changed yesterday, where the Sooners picked up Sienna's Javian McCollum, a 6'1 guard, averaged 15.9 points per game last season, almost four assists, played in 27 games, and from... Oh, look, this was a great find um, because coming out of I, – he, he had a good year. He had a good year last year, um, 6'2", 155. But you're still of the mindset that you want to see a little bit more, right, Josh? And that, oh, hey, they, they definitely need more than just this. It's, it's a nice start. Nice start, add to the backcourt. Uh, you, you like some of the young pieces that you have. In your backcourt with Yuzan, with Otega Owe, though each of those two need to take serious steps forward in their game. But uh, Oklahoma, 
they, they need bigs. They need bigs like many people in college mm-hmm. basketball, many teams in college basketball. It's a good start, though. We, we, it, it had been complete crickets in the transfer portal market for Oklahoma. And, again, with the roster turnover that has been consistent at OU, they needed to do something, and, and here you get a start. So they can't be finished here. Obviously, no. they, need, they need more and more and more. I don't think anyone's spiking the football here at all, um, but that is that's a big get for Oklahoma. We think out of the portal. Let's see how it all meshes together for the Sooners. And you know, in addition to the big news in the portal, Armand Gates was officially announced. Let's see, was that? Yeah, that was he was officially announced on Tuesday, but we haven't really talked about it too terribly much. A good get, right? Someone that Porter is incredibly familiar with. Coached with him at Loyola Chicago, worked with Ryan Humphrey, worked with Director of Ops Tad Gilbert. Uh, incredible recruiter from everything that we've seen. So Porter adds to his roster and adds to his staff. And big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. I feel like big story number one is our continued countdown to the spring game. Uh, during post-practice avail on Tuesday night, we had a chance to hear from someone that uh, we hadn't heard from yet. So when we come back, little Jaden Gibson for you. Tonight, we're going to hear from Brent Venables, so we'll have all that for you coming up on Friday's show, live, live from Waco. But let's hear a little bit from a guy that I'm pretty high on and I hope has an opportunity to do some big things this year. Jaden Gibson spoke post-practice on Tuesday. Share a little bit with you next right here on The Wrap. One other note um, from the the transfer portal that kind of caught my eye, Josh. What would you make of the decision by uh, Jalen Hill to go to UNLV? Uh, Also at UNLV, Keelan Boone and Caleb Boone. So the Boone brothers are back together, and they add Jalen Hill to the mix with Kevin Kugler. Wait, Kevin Kruger. <laughs> Not to be mistaken with Westwood One play-by-play voice, Kevin Kugler. Yeah, Kevin Kruger. I look pretty cool. Well, I feel like that's a series of nice gets for them. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. And so, yeah, that's that's a landing spot that makes – since because of uh, obviously the relationship back here and the recruitment so uh should be a good landing spot and just wish him uh, all the success in the world i think it kind of you started to connect a few dots whenever you saw that he was entering the portal but then also you know making himself at least kind of testing the waters of the draft process he kind of had a feeling that okay if, if he doesn't if he doesn't go in the draft, it's probably likely going to be UNLV. Uh, and it's worked out well. It's really it's a really unfortunately good fit because we don't we don't get to see him play in an OU uniform next year. I thought he I mean, I'm sure there's some out there that wanted to see more from Jalen Hill, but I thought he was everything we thought he was gonna be. Lockdown defender, uh could score when called upon. I Thinking closing the book on a Sooner career, I think he had a pretty good run. By no means are we going to be hanging a number from the rafters, but, I mean, by no means are we talking about a massive disappointment, are we? No, I think that you kind of always were waiting for the offensive game to just take that 
little bit extra uptick in a positive direction. But, look, Jalen Hill was a nice player at OU, man, defensively. Right. And at times when he was scoring the basketball, he was Oklahoma's best player. So it's a big-time loss for OU. He was a nice player here. Unfortunately for him, it just sort of coincided, Plank. He played on some bad OU teams. Yeah, he did. He did. Absolutely did. Um, by the way, I mentioned that there is a potential addition to the Spring Game Hall of Fame where our first two members were inducted yesterday. Daniel Brooks and Baker were inducted earlier today. Baker Mayfield and Daniel Brooks. Baker played in four stinking spring games, including his incredible 2015 performance. Or was that 14? Yeah, 2014 when he went 9 for 9 for 125 yards. And two scores. And I mentioned there was another receiver when you look back and you start adding their numbers together. You're like, oof. Boy, no wonder people were kind of hyped up about this guy. And got some good guesses. A lot of Quentin Cheney guesses from Booker T. Washington. But a handful of you got it right. Jeffrey Meade. Jeffrey Meade was a spring game phenom. I think he, almost, I think he had 100 yards receiving. In one spring game, he would just and in your mind, you know that being kind of the post Moss era in the NFL, where everyone was wanting a Randy Moss type, or not post Moss, I guess, right near the end of Randy Moss's career, where everyone was wanting to get, hey, let's go get a guy that can go and get the football, and you wanted those types of receivers, and Meade was that guy where you thought, all right, there he goes, but never really material. Smart kid, one of my favorite interviews. But he was never really able to put on the weight, and it just never really materialized. But for one Saturday in April, he was unstoppable in the spring game. And if I'm not mistaken, did he not throw a touchdown pass during his career too? If it wasn't a touchdown pass, it was a deep throw. Because we went back and we were – I remember we were working. We did a bit, Jessica and I did on that. Cootie did, and one of them was one-handed catches, too, because the kid could flat out. He could make the play. He just couldn't get open. We'll have to really – we'll get the committee, Josh, to get together to talk about Jeffrey Meade's candidacy for the Spring Football Game Hall of Fame. It'll be close. All right, um, listen, I promised a little bit of uh, Jaden Gibson. Let's do it right here. Uh, He spoke with the media after practice on Tuesday. And this, by the way, Plank, was in response to, hey, what do you think about new wide receivers coach Emmett Jones? Coach Jones, I feel like he's just a, like a real dude, you feel me? Like someone I can really relate to, someone who I feel like I always have my back, someone who brings so much knowledge to practice every day that I feel like not every university has coaches that have access to that kind of stuff. Like, like we would get meetings and it's just thousands of cut-ups, videos, like, Stuff that are like not stuff that we can't use, stuff that's extremely useful that just gives you a clear vision for what he wants in receivers. And when like he's matched all that kind of stuff up with what Coach V wants and Coach Levy wants, like they kind of all have a vision together, and it's really clear to see through all the different ways, streams of information we have. And he definitely brought that to the table. Like that's one of the main things I see that's different with him is everything that he teaches and coaches is like he wants you to be able to see it. He's not trying to say, okay, we're gonna go over something one time and go out and look over it like. Everything is really like well explained out, that kind of thing for sure. Can you describe kind of the process you went through last year being here, not playing all that much? You know, a guy comes in from high school and he's a man, but you get to college and you have to kind of wait a little while or, or get used to college football? 
For sure, you know, like everything is like stepping stones, you know, God's favor, like coming in, got to put on weight, you know what I'm saying? Got to tone up, got to get bigger, got to get stronger, got to be more cerebral about football, got to learn how to be that way, you know what I'm saying? Got to learn how to be a great teammate, great leader, all that kind of stuff I feel like goes into it, you feel me? And the coaches that I have that I was blessed to be able to come play for these coaches, they ain't never given up on me, you know what I'm saying? They constantly telling me, hey, you're doing good in practice, you're doing good, like, you make a stride, you make a stride. Because obviously, when you got a school like OU, just because you're not playing, it don't mean you ain't doing bad. Just because you're not, you know what I'm saying? Just because you're not the guy, it don't mean you're not doing your job, that you're not on the way. You know what I'm saying? I, I was blessed and fortunate enough to come to a great university with so much talent. At, at offense, defense, my position included, so much talent. And not only talent that was here when I got here, but it's always going to be a stream of talent, always going to be top tier talent. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just thankful that the coaches that have continued to just allowed me to become a better player. And I feel like regardless of what the, you know, the outer world ain't seen none yet, you feel me? I'm just working, dirty hard work in the dark, you feel me? But to myself, I know I'm getting way better, you feel me? And just whenever the opportunity comes for me to be able to go out there and get back to being Jaden Gibson like I've been, you know what I'm saying? I'll jump at it and I won't look back. Love it. Love it. I like the uh, the handful of you feel me's in there. I, I, do. I, I do. I do feel what he's, uh, I do smell what the rock is cooking. <laughs> All right, quick break. Text line next as we roll on a Thursday from Cavens Group on the ref on the Riverwind Casino hotline. Gary, obviously, we're seeing some massive damage in Shawnee and obviously in Cole, Oklahoma. Thankfully, minor damage, power issues across Washington and Goldsby. But the key thing here is that after the storms, you, you want to make sure you have local people here to help you. Cavens is here, board up, tarping. Uh, and after an event like this, you're going to be here for them through the entire process. That's right. It's important, Chris, to, to hire somebody that's local because you want them to be there before the storm and after the storm. And you also want to hire somebody that's, you know, giving back to the community, uh, to your kids' soccer teams, you know, to community uh, causes throughout the year, uh, throughout the years. And just, you know, it's going to be here not only today after the storm, but, you know, for many, many years to come. That's important, too, because in a time like this, you get a lot of out-of-state roofers that come in and, and, they, and they change their phone numbers and, and they just try to look like they blend in like normal Oklahoma roofers, people that are here in the community. So if you don't know the name of the company, chances are they're, they're not local. They're from Texas. They're from Kansas. They're from Florida. Um, we see a lot of Florida roofers come up here for some reason. I don't know why. But... Um, you know, and that's that's something that you want to protect yourself from. Make sure that you're getting somebody local because if you do have a problem in the future, um, if they do all your work, you want to make sure that you can call them and they can come out and take care of you and, and get it fixed. But, you know, uh, with the storms that happened last night, you know, so much so much damage and everything, you know, if you need emergency tarping, you need emergency board up, uh, make sure that, you know, you call somebody and uh, you get that taken care of. Chris, something to watch out for, and this mm -hmm. is important for everybody to know, a lot of uh, these uh, emergency board-up contracts and stuff like that, ours are not that way at Cavens, but a lot of them, they have emergency board-up uh, and tarping contracts, and then once you sign them, if those contracts, if you don't read the fine print, they lock you in, and you have to use them. And a lot of these out-of-state roofers, that's how they get in the door to do this stuff. And even some of the local roofers, they're, they're a little bit shady do this kind of stuff, too. Uh, so you've got to make sure and, and protect yourself and read the five print in those contracts, especially in this situation, because, you know, you want to have options. 
Um, you, you know, you might need a public adjuster to get involved. You might need a few other things. You don't want to lock yourself into a contract right off the bat for the whole entire job. Um, so just keep your, uh, you know, everybody just needs to pay attention to that and make sure that they protect themselves. 405-573-3048. And in a lot of times, Gary, these are emergency situations, so you feel like you don't have the time to look over these these contracts, but take that extra second just to make sure. And, you know, I, I saw Chris is uh, he, he'd been in and out here this morning, very busy. We had massive hail, like all across the region at 405-573-3048. Gary, you can see if there is any damage. And then again, you talk about what can be a very thorough process. You'll be there from start to finish. Chris is an expert. You're an expert on these things. You can help people out if there is roof damage they need to repair. Yes, most definitely. And, you know, I mean, and like I said, you know, we're local. We give back to the community. We're giving back over $400,000. We've talked about that several weeks in a row to the community in the last four years, I mean, five years. And, you know, we're just, we're here. And, you know, our clients know that they can trust us, call us. If they have problems, we're going to come out and take care of them. So if you do have these needs as you're settling down today and you're listening to this, uh, to me on the radio and Chris on the radio, give Cavens a call, 405 405- Five seven three three zero four eight. Look us up online, cavensgroup.com, uh, cavensgroup.com, and you know, call us and we can help you. Uh, you know, we're we're rolling out a new program next week, and it's kind of interesting if this all happened beforehand, before this program we're rolling out. But we're rolling out a new program next week where we're offering to come out and meet with people before the storm, before the flood, before the fire. And, you know, basically just kind of talk to people, let them know what we do. Uh, you know, we can walk around the commercial properties and help notify issues that we have, that you might have uh, that might cause some issues and stuff like that in the future. But also to talk about, you know, our contracts, our, our, that kind of stuff up front. So if something ever does happen, you feel comfortable calling us. You know our procedures. You know what's going to happen. So we're actually planning on rolling that program out next week and starting that process. Uh, with all of our clients and our future, hopefully, new clients, too, um, so that when stuff like this does happen, you guys already know who to call. You talk to us. You understand all of our processes and what we do, um, and all you have to do is dial the number, and we're there to take care of you because we've done everything on the front end. You don't have to worry about it when you have an emergency going on. That number, 405-573-3048, and online at Cavens Group. Dot com. And, and then one other quick thing, Gary, you got to be careful. If there is a leak, you can get water intrusion. You guys are experts at water remediation and mold removal, but you got to make sure it's identified. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And people are going to have leaks. You know, we had a strong, strong winds. We had hail. We had small. We had medium. We had large hail yesterday. And people are going to have leaks. You're going to have, have leaks from this. So go into the rooms that you don't normally go into in your house or your business. Walk around, assess it, or call Cadence, and we'll come out and help walk through, walk you through it and assess everything too. We're happy to do that, but definitely take the time to walk through. You know, we're today's Thursday. You know, this weekend, take some time, go through your home, go through your business, and make sure that you don't have any further leaks that could turn into mold issues or issues down the road uh, from the from the storms last night. Gary, appreciate you. Safe travels, and we'll look forward to talking to you again next Thursday. Outstanding. Thank you so much, Chris. Gary Cavins, Cavins Group, 405-573-3048. All right, when we come back, 
We'll hit the best of the text line, which is pretty hilarious right now. 405-651-3439. And, Josh, before we break, we've got a developing story in the world of professional sports. I've noticed all of my Raiders insiders are losing their minds now because it looks like he got hockey, he got football, and now it looks like professional baseball is coming to Las Vegas, doesn't it? Yeah, and this is not, it looks like, they've signed a binding agreement, according to the the reports coming out today. So the, the Oakland Athletics, they are leaving. They are headed to Las Vegas. Hmm. What do you think of it? You like it? Well, I mean, this, I, I don't know that I like it, love it, or dislike it. I, I'm not an Oakland Athletics fan, so it doesn't right. it doesn't emotionally bother me one way or another. I would just say this felt inevitable the right. last however many years. I mean, how many times did we have a conversation about, well, they want to do this, and they haven't fixed Odotko, and on and on and on in the Coliseum, and it just wasn't going to happen, and the city can't agree to it. And you know, eventually – somebody's going to agree to fix or build something that's mm-hmm. going to, to wind up with a relocation. So this felt inevitable for a long time, and now it's no longer inevitable. It's happening. Yeah. I like the move. Isn't uh, – don't we have an A's fan in the ref army? Isn't Kurt like an A's guy? I know he doesn't listen to us because he can't stand two teams that dominate the Broncos having a show. He is an A's it. fan. It's it's all I've got, Kurt. It's all I've got. Um, I think that was his uh, one of his first bandwagon teams. <laughs> I used to man the Oakland A's in the would that be late nineties when they oh my gosh what am I saying late nineties I am so freaking old in the late eighties those teams they had in the late eighties with the Bash brothers, Canseco and McGuire. This this shows you I was such a big I loved their lineup. I want to say they had, let's see here. Let's see if I can do this without looking for like the 88 or 89 A's. You had Ricky Henderson in center. You had Dwayne Murphy. You had McGuire at first. There was Glenn Hubbard. Uh, Was Alfredo Griffin their shortstop? Carney Lansford was their third baseman. (laughs) There was a player named Alfredo? Yeah, I'm pretty, okay, I'm going to look now. I'm, I'm not doing this by memory anymore. Let's see here, 1988. Kurt, if this doesn't get you to listen to us, and I don't know what will, all right? You can you can love all the old hosts here and go listen to them other places, but nobody's going to bring you 1988 Oakland A's coverage like we are. So let's see here. 1988 Oakland A's lineup. Wait for it. You, well, I mean, everyone remembers who their manager was. It was Tony Larusa. So their infielders. No, nope, Alfredo Griffin wasn't there. They had Mike Gallego and Glenn Hubbard. Yeah, Carney, Tony Phillips was on that team. Walt Weiss was on that team. Dave Henderson, Dwayne Henderson was earlier than that. Yeah, had some dudes, man. They had some absolute dudes in the late 80s. And, of course, everyone can go back and remember the days of Ricky Henderson and kind of what he meant to Major League Baseball and all of his years that he spent with the Oakland A's. I consider this to be an exciting but also a sad day for Major League Baseball, Josh. Exciting but sad because the A's, gosh, Henderson left the A's in 84? Oh, my gosh. I forgot about it. But he went back in 89. Okay, that's right. 89 was the season he came back. The Oakland A's, to me, always had the cool uniforms. 
had Ricky Henderson, what, Dave Stewart, had great pitching staff. Now they're the Vegas A's. Do you think they rebrand or do you think they keep the A's? I think they're I think they're gonna stay the A's, don't you? I feel like the A's are a pretty good brand. The Las Vegas A's. I think that Las Vegas Athletics. I mean, you created your own in the Knights. You've you you inherited the Raiders, but that's kind of got a good Vegas feel to it, right? Raiders it are a little does. Vegas. And you don't mess with the Raiders logo. I mean it's, yeah, one, of the it's best, a good logo. one of the biggest brands in sports. Hmm. Oakland A's to Vegas. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm just now looking at this. Is there a 2027? The A's hope to break ground by next year and would hope to be moved into their new home by 2027. Holy smokes. 35,000-seat stadium, partially retractable roof. You're going to need that in Vegas. It's hot. Um, but 2027, that's like forever from now. Well, it's like you say that, but... Yeah, it'll fly by. You know, by the time this season gets over and you're in 24, but this is, this is like that Oklahoma-Clemson football series. You're like, wait, when is that? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's sneaking up. All right, quick break, quick break. Uh, text line to wrap up this edition of the Plank Show next. You know, this is a very, very, very good point from the 405. With the A's moving to Vegas, how soon does Kyler Murray begin his Raiders athletics career in Vegas? Great question. How long do the A's actually have his rights? Like, how many years can we do this? Is it forever? Like, if he decides to play baseball at some point and he wants to play with the Raiders and the A's, I know that it would it would be natural just to basically say, well, why don't you just join the Diamondbacks? Well, the A's have his rights, buddy. <laughs> but it won't be till 2027. How old is Kyler going to be in 2027? Is he at least 30 by then? <laughs> Kyler's probably listening. He's like, no. Yeah, so, yeah, he'd be 30 in 2027. Yeah, he'd be fine with me. How long do teams get their rights? Do you know? Is it forever and ever? Forever I, and ever? I don't know. I'm trying to figure uh, that out for you, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's fine. How much of the A's team moving to Vegas has to do with the high tax rate in California, or is it just as simple as the demand for pro teams there? Really good question. I, I think it's just the fact that Oakland refuses to do anything for their franchises. I mean, the Golden State Warriors play in San Francisco now. They moved across the bay. They're not in Oakland anymore. Raiders are not in Oakland anymore. A's are not in Oakland anymore. Nobody's left. It, they they refuse. They want to sit there and say, oh, the O.co is fine, and it's not. And every idea that they come up with just never materializes. It's like procrast. It's like they're me. They procrastinate and hope everyone will forget about it, and then by the time you get called on it, they're gone. Yes, 405, we mentioned Conseco McGuire. Come on. Uh, and Blacktop Billy points out the uh, your, the Las Vegas Aces. Absolutely. The Las Vegas Aces won a title. A's are going to Vegas. How about that? All right, uh, let's hit the best of the text line, uh, 405-651-3439. By the way, my social media feed tells me that Joe Washington is coming up, Steel Man, 30 Minutes. Silver Shoes coming up uh, for the 405 on our basketball conversation for the Thunder. Twofold. If Trey could be happy just as a spot-up shooter role player, he'd be a great fit. But I think he has higher hopes for his career. Absolutely. Which is why which is why he is probably on his way to a 
staying in Atlanta or maybe taking over for LeBron in L.A. For the 5-8-0, if Pascal Siakam is out there, I say they get aggressive. I'd be okay with that. Josh Pascal Siakam would be a good fit with just about anybody, right? Indeed, yes. No doubt about it. For the 918, a former OSU Cowboy and possibly a Texas Longhorn? Today's college football is wild. Indeed it is, Edward. Indeed it is. And then Sooner Soldier asks the question for tomorrow's show. What is the purpose of the spring game? They don't show much, and it's done so early before the season starts. Is it for the fans, or is it for the recruits? Can I say it's for everybody, Sooner Soldier? For everybody? We'll, be, we'll have a three-hour show tomorrow on a spring game preview, and we're start we're starting our show. This is a 27-hour tease. We'll start our show sooner, Soldier, at answering your question tomorrow, talking spring football. Cavensgroup.com. Steelman is here, and he's next on The Wrap.